Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A2 Life Podcast with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. I'm your host, Chase Falk, and our desire through this podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. Chantel. Chase. Starting with you again today. I know. I was trying to be prepared for that. <laughs> you were prepared. You doing good today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good as well. James? Hey, what's up? What's up? How are you today? Man, I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, I can't complain. It's a beautiful day, even though you talked about my shirt that I have on. It's all good. Well, James, <laughs> it's like going to be 95 today, and you come in with a gray long sleeve shirt. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's all good. You know, it's like. I mean, it's it's not hot. It's not a hot shirt. You know what I mean? You know, you have those hot shirts, and then you have those, you know, that's cool the shirts. cool shirt. Yeah, it's the cool shirt. You look shirt. cool in it. You know, man, I appreciate it, man. Chantel, here's the question though: He's hot natured, or or he's <laughs> cold natured. What's how, which way is it? Going? Yeah, I I, I, get, I typically get cold. Right. Yeah. So James like really gets cold. So do y'all have like you know nice moments at the house where you're like. One of you's turn the air up and one of you's turn the air down. <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> we we pretty much leave the air yeah. set. Um, t- but ironically, at home, I'm the one that's cold. Yeah. Um, so I'm the one. I'll have on socks and a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Um, I'm at home. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, but typically I'm the one that's cold. But we we kind of leave the air alone. Yeah. You know, if you if you cold, you you can cover. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's right. okay, blankets for a reason. All right, That's it. well, guys, excited. This is our third uh, episode, specifically directed towards what we're entitling "Race in the Kingdom," and uh, excited to jump back into a, a conversation today, looking at specifically the impact mm-hmm. of race and how we defined that last podcast Mm -hmm. and how we want to understand that definition specifically again as we've said from the very beginning through the lens of scripture Mm -hmm. through what the lord and god himself has defined race as and understanding chantel as you've said uh, multiple times in this the sufficiency of that what god is saying and and holding to that Um, but moving to this you know really good, bad, and everywhere in between reality of mm-hmm. the impact yeah. that race has had in our culture today, but past that, even leading up to today. Yeah. So mm-hmm. from history moving forward. And so James, just uh, as we begin this conversation today, Race in the Kingdom, our third episode, um, get us going. Yes, uh, I would say that if you have not listened to the first two, uh, please uh, do that because this will provide context this discussion today will provide context more context uh to what we're talking about and where we're moving toward and it sense it is always like you said we are uh centering everything that we do um in god's word because we do believe that it is sufficient mm-hmm. um and uh, in all areas in all things um and we're not saying that certain books are not good but we're saying that the best book is Amen. the Bible, Amen. and so that's what we want to go to and turn to um, when we're looking at uh, this particular topic. We know that it could be a weighty topic, so we're trying to tread lightly in some sense, in some respects, but uh, also to be truthful with God's word and handle it with care. Amen. And so, um, with that, uh, we did. We talked about uh, uh, the first. I just want to give. I just give a little backdrop, just some highlights here. Uh, we're we're in a 
basically in the context of, uh, uh, not context, but in the book of Ephesians. And we're looking at what Paul was dealing with in that time. And what he dealt with in a lot of his letters was the Gentile and Jew uh, church in that sense, um, trying to get them to understand that they are one. Um, uh, and they are together in, in serving God in that sense. And so we looked at the Ephesian uh, church, the church in Ephesus, and how Paul was talking about how uh, these, you know, Gentiles, guys, you're, you're, you're jacked up and you're messed up and, and all you was about was yourselves in that sense. But he also lumps himself, which he, he is a Jew, into that mix mm-hmm. and um, said what we need or what we needed was uh, someone to reconcile us uh, not only to each other as as brothers and sisters, but to God, and that was the cross that did it uh, was Jesus Christ and uh, uh, His blood uh, uh, for us. And so uh, He's talking about this uh, terminology. He's using these terminologies like oneness, togetherness. Um, uh, he's using you know, uh, uh, he, matter of fact, in eight, in eleven verses, he uses this terminology eight times, trying to show the unity in which we have through. Uh, the cross. And so um, he's, you know, talking about how we've been made reconciled. We've been made one uh, together as brothers and sisters in Christ. When we come to Jesus, we are one. And so um, that was the first episode. The second episode we we mentioned, we uh, talked about the term race, uh, the terminology of race and how that is a social construct. Um, uh, It it existed uh, in the uh, uh, 15th, 16th century, you know, it came into being in that sense, um, uh, as far as some type of, of, um, uh, uh, word to divide, you know, different, um, ethnicities, colors, and, 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 and you know, people. And so it is a, it, uh, uh, it exists because of human interaction. Um, race was established by people. Uh, it was, uh, and so it was accepted by people, and um, and so uh, race is the is the breaking of people into separate classes and distinctions or categories. Now we see a distinction in Ephesians. Ephesians it talks about this distinction: um, a Jew and Gentile. Uh, in other words, you want to say circumcised and uncircumcised, uh, covenant keepers versus non-covenant keepers, mm-hmm. and so. He's he's uh, uh, he's dealing with these two distinctions. They're not races. They're distinctions. There's only one race, and we believe that is the human race. Amen. And so, um, and so we know that. And 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 I do want to emphasize this: is that Satan is the author of confusion, disruption, division. Right. And mm-hmm. and when you see division in those respects, uh, there's an author behind it. Mm-hmm. God is trying to unify us. But the uh, but Satan is trying to divide us, and he right. does that in particular with this social construct race, I believe. And so, um, and so anyway, w- with that being said, uh, this particular uh, word, this terminology race, has impacted us tremendously mm-hmm. um, in the way we act, the way we walk, the way we talk, every every facet. Uh, it has entered in and, and it has disrupted uh, uh, what deemed to be um, uh, and I would I'm speaking for the churches what deemed to be unity right. and, um, and or should be unit, uh, unity and so this uh, social construct made its way in, inside of the church and so um, 
but anyway, with that being said, um, you know, during this time you had um, uh, back in the what uh, uh, 1800s, you had the Enlightenment period. You know, you had Darwinism coming up, um, uh, Marxism, and, and everything, and and you can see the effects in that because of the the different uh, distinction of classes. You know, uh, as Marxists in that sense. Um, uh, uh, in, in, uh, more so economic, but you know it was a distinction there. Um, uh, you see the survival of the fittest, you know, natural selection and whatnot. You mm -hmm. know, um, uh, I'm superior to you. Right. Not everybody's been on the same plane. So th this terminology has affected us uh, greatly, and um, and one in particular, and and I'm going to let my wife uh, get into this, is uh, slavery. Um, and, and so forth. And so what we're going to do, we're going to kind of try to uh, do a progression and kind of show you throughout history in a sense, uh, brief, obviously, but uh, kind of show you uh, some effects it had on particular uh, instances in society. You know, in talking about, you know, the aspect of, of slavery and what we have seen take place in our country up until recently, I just want to make sure I want to kind of preface um, this discussion, you know, I kind of hate to even give that disclaimer, um, this disclosure statement, but in doing so, it tells you that we still, while we've come a long way, we still have a long way to go on this issue of race. Um, unless the church at large intervenes on this issue and calls upon the name of the Lord, um, we got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, I, I want you to know in prefacing this that I appreciate you know, the government. I am conservative in my beliefs and in my values. I appreciate the role of the military. Um, I respect and I teach my children to obey governmental authorities. And I do recognize that the Bible was the basis or the, the, the backdrop for the laws that we have in our great country. However, I do believe in truth and we have to deal with the interpretation of how scripture was illegitimately condoned um, certain practices in our society, how scripture was used to illegitimately condone certain practices in our society. Um, that first being the one of slavery. Um, slavery happened. So guess what? We can't ignore it. All right. It's a part of our history. So it's important that we are able to have healthy conversations and talk about it. Once again, we're going to kind of show, show this progressive order. Um, and remember that we're looking at the impact that this term race has had on our society. So when we think about slavery, um, one of the one one misconception that has often been used concerning blacks is from that of Ham, Noah's son. Um, we all know that names in the Bible held significance and prominence. Um, Noah had three sons, um, first one being Shem, um, his name meaning that of dust or brown, um, Ham meaning that of one person, a person that is dark, and also Japheth, um, one being one that's a person that's lighter. Okay. Um, out of the meaning of these names that's given to us, um, there was this kind of theory or this ideology on the curse of Ham um, and how when Ham dishonored his father in Genesis chapter 9, when he saw his father's, father's nakedness, um, when he dishonored his father, there was this curse of Ham that was now upon him. 
Um, this ideology concerning the curse of Ham suggested that blacks were now inferior or in a lesser position to those of lighter skin tones. Um, what this school of thought did, and if I could quote Dr. Tony Evans on this, was it provided the raw material that was necessary to convince slaves during this kind of antebellum era that to resist um, their inferior status and was to resist the will of God. So in other words, to resist who they were was actually to resist the will of God. Um, additionally, and still quoting him, it was used to give slavery what was a perceived biblical approval for slave owners and also slave trade. Okay, um, so we, we see this has played out um, in our society. But one thing that we know also from last week, we saw that the use of this term race dating back to 15th, 16th century, um, slavery was no more than what we know as indentured servitude. Um, however, God had laws for the Hebrew people concerning the nature of slavery. If we look at Exodus chapter 21, and when Moses laid that, well, Moses laid out the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, but follow him laying out those commandments in Exodus 20 that were given by God. And in the beginning of Exodus 21, God also lays out additional ordinances for the Hebrew people. Okay. Specifically, um, God lays out the ordinance concerning the nature of slavery. And in Exodus 12, 21, verse two, it states that when you buy a Hebrew slave, he's to serve for six years. Then in the seventh, he is to leave as a free man without paying anything. There were multiple reasons for the nature of slavery, but it is often clear that um, slavery was usually for paying off some sort of debt. Okay, and we saw this from the first episode in Second Kings when looking at the account of the widow's oil, was that the creditor was coming to take her sons, um, her children, as slaves in order to pay off a debt. Okay, so nonetheless, God laid out these ordinances. Um, and if the slave elected to stay with his master after serving that period of six years, um, what we see then in Exodus 21, starting verse 7, were further ordinances on concerning slaves because of that. they were now placed in a real helpless position. So we now we see further ordinances concerning slaves and especially female women, women slaves. Okay. Um, so we first, we see in our history, just the, the nature of slavery and how the Bible was used to more so con condone right. slavery, right. but also follow, you know, following that we have, you know, our constitutional amendments. And once again, we're trying to show a progressive order here. Now we know the 13th amendment and as a precursor to the 13th amendment, it was ratified December 6, 1865 and the 13th amendment abolished slavery. Okay. Um, first we had what the emancipation proclamation, this took an effect in January 1, 1863 underneath president Lincoln. Um, as you can imagine, there was probably quite a bit of anger in regards to the Emancipation Proclamation. However, during this time, not all slaves were free during this particular time. It wasn't until June 19th, 1865, a year and a half later, when news reached other slaves, especially the ones in Texas, that they were now free people. Right. Okay, And this is hence where we get the idea of what is Juneteenth. Okay. Um, nonetheless, the ratification to end slavery was done through the 13th Amendment, December 6, 1865. 
Now, so we have this abolishment of slavery, but then we have the 14th Amendment that takes effect that was ratified July 9th, 1868, which now outline the citizenships and the rights and privileges and equal protection for those living in the United States. So now we have go from 1865 to 1868, and now we have the 15th Amendment that was ratified February 3rd, 1870, um, prohibiting the denial of right to vote based upon race or color. So we're moving from 65, mm -hmm. 68 to 1870. And now the 19th Amendment was ratified August 18, 1920, which prohibited the denial of the right to vote based upon sex. Okay, so now we, we, we got this. So, so what's the issue with this? You see, there is a progression from 65, 68, 70, 1920. What the term race did while it was abolished in 1865, it did not grant all citizens the same rights and privileges of being a citizen of the United States. Once you are a citizen, you are a citizen along with all the rights that you that of that particular country. Once we come to know God, when we look at this through the, through the lens, through the optics of scripture, once we come to know God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. our citizenship is in heaven, yep. which this now gives us all the rights and privileges associated with being a child of God. Paul writes to the Philippian church in chapter three, verse 20 of Philippians, for our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly await for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we have also seen in the book of Ephesians with Paul, he exhorted the, the believers at Ephesus in chapter two, verse 19, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So what we can see is that although Yes, we have the abolishment of slavery in 1865. There were still more amendments that had to be put in place in order for there to be equality right. across the board. Okay, right. um, essentially in 1865, when slavery was abolished, guess what? All that citizenship and those rights and privileges should have come right along with that. Right. Um, so, but then we have these constitutional amendments. But what begins to take place in the 1870s up until the early 1960s is that of Jim Crow laws. And essentially Jim Crow laws were nothing more than trying to circumvent and go around the constitutional amendments that were right. already established. Right. So Jim Crow laws, when we think about the idea of race being a social construct, Jim Crow laws were designed to restrict that social that social interaction and that social contact with blacks. Okay. So we moved up from the 1870s to the 1960s. And now we're right here at the heart of the civil rights movement. Okay. Um, mid 1950s, 1960s. Um, we know during this time that the church led the way. Okay, um, which is why we were able to see so much progress during this particular time. Um, before highlighting the civil rights movement, one quick point that I want to make a note of is the importance of the church yeah. being in front of these issues right. um, with our in our society. In episode one, we talked about towards the end about God's word being sufficient for the answer that we are facing in our world today. Um, and I talked about that biblical account of the widow's oil in second Kings chapter four, one through seven. Um, and in this account, that woman was told by the prophet Elijah to go and borrow empty containers from your neighbors. And some feedback that we actually received from um, my mentor is that she noted that 
the prophet Elijah told her to go and borrow empty vessels from her neighbors, which showed that the community got involved. The church got involved in her problem. Yeah, okay. Um, which was, which was really good, which shows that the church has to lead the way in times like this. Um, also, just on last night, um, we, our pastor here, he held a social distancing solemn assembly, mm-hmm. yeah. calling the church to pray for the issues that we are seeing right here in our country. So the church has an important role and the church can literally change the trajectory of what's going on in our society right now. So when the church leads the way, folks, change happens. But nonetheless, um, the civil rights movement of um, in the 19 in the 1960s, um, out of this, one of the laws stemming from the Civil Rights Movement was Title VII. Um, this is known as the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It is essentially an equal employment opportunity um, a law. Um, Title VII, in essence, changed the, the, the look of the American workplace. Okay, um, When blacks were largely being discriminated against during this time, Title VII pretty much kind of evil, tried to even and level the playing field um, of equality and fairness inside of the workplace okay however it was still up to the employers for its application to take place um, according to the EEOC title 7 um, that's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission title 7 prohibited discrimination um, against employees on the basis of race color religion sex and also national origin however and I, I really want people to get this however what we now are seeing in our culture today are also hidden agendas being pushed by using this instrumental law that was designed to provide equality and fairness. And note that in this law, the first two things were based upon race and color. Okay. Um, if, a couple Sundays ago, our pastor even highlighted in um, his message about the Bostick versus Clayton County, Georgia case, um, where there was sexual orientation based upon sexual orientation and transgender now being um, prohibited underneath Title VII on the basis of sex discrimination. Um, What we are seeing now are courts now making or legislating laws versus interpreting the law in its original context. Um, While I understand that times have changed from 1960s to 2020 however god's word has not changed okay i know this will probably be unpopular with a lot of people but i say this to say as believers um do not allow the issues although they are important that are currently taking place in our world um or the various organizations that are rising up during this time to distract and desensitize us from the other agendas that are being silently and quietly pushed behind the scenes. Okay. Um, You know, we see all of this and so much more being played out in our world today from, from just this word of race when God never intended it for it to be this way from the 16th to the 17th century. um, Look at what race has caused. Um, When we keep in mind that we are one race, that is the human race, these divisions will never occur um, and they wouldn't keep occurring um, in our society. So that's just kind of progressive look of where we've been and where we are now and seeing that we still have a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so much in that, but it's also so crazy to step back and just see where we've been 
and where we really haven't come. Yeah. If we want to be real. Yeah. You know, where we've been in the same place yeah. for so, so mm-hmm. long. And again, it goes back to what race has done. Yeah. Uh, that terminology and the distortion of that, that yeah. the enemy has infiltrated so much in all of our daily lives. And so, James, uh, just kind of wrap us up, concluding thoughts um, with just kind of where we are right now and where we want to go next. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look at Colossians 2, 8, and Paul says in that he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy in uh, uh, empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Mm-hmm. And in that time, in that context, Paul was dealing with false teachers and um, and he was given a warning against this this deceptive teaching that was going around. And I, I think what what we can gather from that uh, uh, an application in that sense is or the principle is we got to guard our minds. Man. I mean, Paul says it in Ephesians six ten. you know, we, we got to put on this armor. Right. We got to guard our minds from the deceptive philosophies of the world. Mm-hmm. We got to go in, uh, to the word of God. We got to stay to the word of God. You know, some people may say, well, slavery was in the Bible. Yes, but it was different. Right. I mean, yeah. if you want to look at now, there was instances with Egypt and, you know, Pharaoh and so forth. And God punished him, you know, yeah. right. but um, when you looked at uh, 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 slavery in in uh, in, in the biblical times, it was uh, slavery in the Bible was not based exclusively on race. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had people were enslaved uh, not because of their nationality or color of their skin. In Bible times, they were uh, slavery was more uh, 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 a matter of social status. You know, they right. they they were in debt with someone and they said, hey, can you buy me or, you know, I want to be under it so I can pay off this debt and yeah. whatnot and so forth. So that's the majority of what slavery was. Right. Um, but we are looking through the lens of of a 17th century view, a mm-hmm. Western view. Yeah. And that's all we see. We don't see beyond that. Right. And so, but, um, but yes, race has impacted us greatly right. and it has brought a great and huge divide. And if we understand as believers, we're speaking to the church as believers. If we look in God's word and understand that we are part of the human race as, uh, as believers. I mean, all of us are part of the human race, obviously, but as believers, we are one. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We are one. That's so yeah. good. And so for those of you that are listening, you know, the reality is the impact has been uh, so dramatic in a lot of different ways. And that impact infiltrates our homes right mm-hmm. now in yeah. our, our daily life, work, school, um, the things that we do, the way we interact with people. And really on our next episode, we want to jump into some more details of just understanding the impact of today. And uh, what I love, one of the things, Chantel, that you said that stood out to me is just simply this. When the church leads the way, change happens. And if you're listening, the whole direction of this podcast from the beginning in the last three episodes is talking to believers, the Mm -hmm. church. And so God, I believe, has an opportunity through your life to Mm -hmm. use you to bring change. And we want to encourage that. We want to push that. And uh, change can start right where you are in your home, uh, little decisions, little things that you and a fam and your family do. Uh, change really can start there. And so we want to talk more about that 
in the days ahead. And so again, thanks so much for listening and, and checking this out. Would love for you to share um, today's podcast. Um, also subscribe as well as always to our uh, the channel and uh, leave us a comment and review or anything like that. Love to hear from you guys. Any questions or anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us in the days ahead as well. And as we wrap up, always asking the questions, who are we reaching? Who has God put on our path to reach? How are we being built up to then in turn build up others? And then how are we connecting to the mission and purpose of God? Thank you for listening and being a part of this podcast today with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Our desire through the A2 Life podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. If you have more questions or desire to talk to someone more about making disciples and what that looks like here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, you can reach out to our church office, email one of us. We would love to have those conversations with you in the days ahead. We look forward to more of what God's going to do as we focus on a life centered in Acts chapter 2.